friends, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. My name is Tim Fulton. I'm the founder, chief evangelist for Small Business Matters. I'm your host for today's podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Taylor Fulton, the director of marketing for Small Business Matters. Taylor, good evening. Hello. Great to be back. It is great to be back. We're in the midst of summer, midst of summer heat. It's hot and sticky outside. Thank goodness we're not doing this outside. Imagine doing this podcast. No, no, no. Only indoors. Outside. Yes. Uh, that, that would be a, a nightmare. But Taylor, I'm really excited. We've got a great guest with us on this evening's podcast, Diana Murphy, and I, I, I don't want to waste any time. I'll introduce Diana and then we'll get right into the, the interview. So, uh, I, Taylor, I've been fortunate. I've known Diana for a number of years now. She's a she's a colleague. She's a professional friend and a very talented CEO coach to owners of small and, and growth minded business owners. She is a graduate of University of Colorado, right in Boulder. She she studied business there. Uh, got out of school. She was a, a rep for a pharmaceutical company. She worked for the Gallup organization, which I think is really, really interesting. And then she transitioned into personal and professional development. And again, today, she's a, a life coach uh, and a business coach, a CEO coach. She also has her own podcast, the Regret Proof Your Business podcast. Diana, I love that name for a podcast. So Diana, welcome to the Small Business Matters podcast. Oh, you know, I love being in conversation with you, Tim Fulton. I just want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to be here tonight. So I'm just looking forward to it. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. We're pleased to have you with us. So Diana, we always start off with the same question for each of our guests. And that question is, what is it that you do that matters most to small business? Okay, so first... Um, my business has really morphed from working with executives, and I still work with some executives, but I have had a falling in love with the small business owner. Some of that is from my own experience of the grit and what it takes as a solopreneur to really bring a business to life. And in that, as a coach, I just have fallen in love with that. So I love the work you do and you know this, this space for small business owners. But the work I do has really broader impact. And I need to remind myself of this often. I am solo coaching one-on-one with owners. But what where this really has impact is that when business owners are leading really well with a very clear mind from their unique genius, aligned with their goals, their vision, their integrity, everyone benefits customers. This is where growth comes from because when leaders of businesses that are very clear-minded and not getting in their own way and not overly stressed, they create great businesses. And that makes their customers happy. But in the end, they're leading a business where their employees are thrilled to be working in that organization. And what I love, because I do one-on-one work and I coach the whole person, the whole owner, is I would say that most spouses and most families are thrilled when people work with me. The impact has such a ripple effect of helping that owner have a safe place to grow and thrive and have someone that understands the whole context and then showing up in their lives where their family priorities and values are really high. All of my owners are wholehearted and family have a lot high family value and 
that it, it's really fun to see that impact really affect everything in their lives. Diana, tell our listeners a little bit about how you've gotten to this point in your career. You work primarily with executives for a while now. You've turned to small business, which I can tell is the passion of yours. So a little history would be great. Yeah. So I was the uh, mom at home and came to an empty nest space. And uh, before that was my Gallup history. And I really fell in love with personal development in my Gallup days. I was hired right after my husband was. We moved to the founding company who bought Gallup in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I was a part of the founding of StrengthsFinder. I was part of the research, um, getting my interviewers to conduct those research interviews. So I do look back and know that I had these threads of loving helping people be at their best. And in my business, I started as a weight loss coach then wellness coach. But what I realized in all of my conversations, because I always coach leaders, it was the mindset that was creating the overeating. The the eating was just this one symptom and they had so many big, bigger fish to fry mindset wise that were having really big effects in their business that I just decided to dial in and go into that lane fully. Diana, you are a coach, an executive coach, and you have been coached. I, I know and always like talk about them. <laughs> and what I find it's interesting that, you know, there are a lot of business owners, some might be listening that may be resistant to being coached or they don't see the need to be coached. What value do you bring or what value just does a coach bring to an executive, to a leader? Why would I need a coach? I don't think anyone needs a coach. I think these leaders (laughs) really do really well, but you cannot see your own life and your own thinking. You cannot. It's impossible. You are in your life. And the value of a coach is helping you to see what mindset, what subconscious thinking, what things are getting in the way. A lot of the work I do is really cleaning up a lot of self-judgment that is very subtle. And when we clean that up, we are able to get where we are failing fast instead of failing and getting stuck. So that would be a mild example. But I would say that high ego leaders, which are my people, do have difficulty admitting they need help because it feels like a weakness. But is it absolutely the most courageous decision that any of us make is to be that personal and kind of lay it all out there so that we can grow and be better? And I find that I I have some great referrals that kind of are my ER clients that really need help in a very tough situation. And you can tell the difficulty it is sometimes. So it's normal. But the ones, the joy I have is that I have clients that I've been working with for two and a half, three years. I have a renewal rate that is really strong And that's where I love that they start seeing the value of coaching in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like I will not ever be without a coach longer than like three months. I will never be without because that growth and that transformation is what helps me to be in, you know, on rubber meets the road helps me to be the best coach that I can be. So, because I'm so clear and clean mentally. Absolutely. And Diane, I'm I'm curious from your your perspective because you sounds like you work with a lot of small business owners and executives, and we live in a an interesting time right now. Still, kind of do. coming in towards the end of the pandemic, hopefully. But now we have these economic challenges. 
What themes are you seeing with with clients that you can share with us today that our listeners might need to be aware of? Yeah, I am seeing a reticence to make decisions and spend money right now, which is a natural response when there's economic situations. But we have to be careful that we don't, in mindset-wise, the circumstance would be all the inflation news and gas news in general, but all the bad news we create recessions by thinking in a certain way as a country, right? So I, I want to be careful here because how you think matters. Because if we're afraid, we are always pulling back. We will always pull back. And if you are in a business that your decisions have to be brave and forward thinking. And if we're too reticent, we get stuck. So I am seeing where kind of in my networking communities more than in my personal coaching, right now that 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 folk are a little timid and holding off on decisions and i think that's where mindset is so helpful what are you thinking and it's like oh if i don't save this particular pocket of money i i I'll, I'll be in you know a horrible situation what's actually really true is if they knock out and really understand how that thought makes them feel and pull back and kind of set it to the side notice how it makes them operate they're not getting to the wisdom and insight of a decision they need to go deeper and not be just pulled back by the surface emotion, go, wait, wait, what is needed here for my business? This might be the best time for me to invest or make a financial decision or investment. That's just one small example. Diana, you said something earlier that you used a word earlier that really got my attention, genius and helping your clients, yes. business owners discover their genius. Talk more about that, please. I think this is where... The, the ego of the person like resist coaching, like from your previous question, like, oh, I don't need that. There are so many times in transitions with owners that they get knocked off their lane. They have been running along and they have created this gorgeous company and then growth or a scaling opportunity or, and they're in a zone where their brain is making them think that they don't know what to do. <laughs> so they've been knocked off their genius. And to get back to that, really understanding the nuance of what was triggered in their mind, it can be old pattern beliefs about money and hard decisions and employees or whatever the decision is around that is around how they were raised. And it comes up when something is triggers it. And to help a, a, an owner that operates in their genius, how I describe it, they are in, in integrity. They're making decisions from values. They're not doing things in fear. They're not fully unafraid. They're not lack of stress. Like I don't co coach my clients to zero stress. I coach my clients to a space where they really can watch their stressful thinking and have more agency over it so that they can go back into that lane of um, kind of their mojo, get back in their really powerful leadership lane. So some of it is like getting knocked out and I help them to be in that powerful lane. When I work with a client long-term, I help that be, them be in that lane more often, a higher percentage of time. And that creates faster growth, less overworking, more resourceful with what they need to do, better decision-making. And I think really bottom line, when we're in our genius more, we start trusting ourselves more deeply and might not go the regular route in the world. We're going to go where we know we want to go with that business. And when it comes to that genius mindset, or, or even back to what you said in a previous question about being brave enough to make decisions, how do you get to that point? Obviously, having a coach is great, but does it take experience? Of course, it takes confidence, but, but what else? 
Like how yes, do we, how do we I get just to that think, point of being confident? About let's make this so simple. If this is what they can take away from the podcast, if there's something that is really knocking you off and frustrating you, it's identifying, and this is my thought model that I work with with every client, what circumstance, name it, is bothering you? Just name it, the facts, like the economy, inflation. Mm-hmm. What are you feeling about that? Like, what is your, like, raw, it's like, whoa, I am really nervous about this. Why? And really letting your mind tell you the actual thought you're thinking. And when we watch that thought, even if we still believe it, it's like, I can't change my mind. I'm not like, this isn't Pollyanna coaching where we just think a better, think a better thought, think a better mantra. Mantras are great, but this is being so aware of what triggers that nasty thinking that takes us off or creates a lot of fear. And that awareness is a practice of bringing yourself back to center. And our when we retract, our actions are reflected from our emotions. So again, it's circumstance creates a triggers a thought. Those thoughts create emotions. Those emotions create action. So fear thoughts and stress thoughts make us pull back. So if we're just even the least bit onto ourselves with that thought in particular, like the world's going to end, this is going to be the be- worst recession ever. We don't know that. And that thought is creating unnecessary angst that makes that owner pull back. And if you can just be aware of it, you really take the the power of that thought away because now it's conscious and managed. And then the result of us pulling us off from inaction into action, inspired action, is like, I'm not going to let that determine my future. I know I've got what it takes to run this business or Um, I know I can make the right decision tomorrow concerning an employee or anything that's on their plate. And then you get in that lane, that is the the key of of handling all that's coming at uh, all of us. Does that, that, is that clear that, enough? I love sharing a tool with a flip chart, but. <laughs> okay, we'll get the flip chart out. But I, I yeah. love that the conceptualization of that, yeah. and a, of a tool like that, very helpful. Diana, I, I, from time to time, run into clients who will share with me in confidence. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm maybe not quite the leader that people think I am. You know, I don't maybe have the experience yes. or I don't have the degree or I don't have the title. Uh, and and I'm, I'm maybe a bit of a fake. Some people refer to it as the, the yes. imposter, imposter I'm curious, how often do you find this in your work? And when you do, how do you work with that? Okay, so I would say 100% of the humans I coach have it. <laughs> so I want to normalize this feeling. Mm-hmm. I want to share when it usually comes up and gets in the way. It's very common in new situations. Like think about new situations socially. Like I am, you can tell I'm very outgoing. I'm very extrovert. But when I go to a new party or a new group of friends, I, I get shy. And my shyness may show up then different than other people. I talk too much. Isn't that fun? <laughs> so, but like that, that example, I want to share and normalize when we get into a new level in our business. So let's go to the business owner. When th- that owner gets to do, like is just thrown into doing something new. Now they have to fire somebody or they're being asked, like they now have five employees and they started this business as a solo and using only fractional help. And now they, they, they manage five employees. Those are steps and new identities that very commonly trigger that. 
And that's something I find often. So first, normalizing it. This is very normal. Our brain is trying to stay safe. And can't you just do things the old way? Please. The brain is just begging us. Please just do it the old way. Don't make me do something new. And so for my clients and for those out there listening, this is allowing the discomfort of the new and noticing it and not letting any of those thoughts be believed. Like really questioning, wait, but what do I know to do here? It might even be hiring fractional help. Like I am out of my zone or uh, what do I need to learn here? What am I really good at right now? And it refocuses the brain. It does this switch where it goes from feeling totally, I can't do anything. I'm like totally, you know, the brain just convincing you that everything's going wrong. It's dramatic. And now it's like coming back, getting your feet, with, wait, wait, where, what do I know? What, what is right in this situation? What do I, that can help the owner get back to clarity. And, but it's very, very common to have that imposter experience. And I would say the more that you grow and the faster you're growing, and the more, if you're in a company that has a lot of pivots and turns, like I think about COVID, that's why I did the zone of genius workshops. It was like, there's a lot coming at us still right now that is just not normal. If we've been owning businesses for 10 to 15 years, like what we're going through right now is so new for our brain. We're just like trying to take that in. So I want, it's like deep breath. What do I know here? How can I move forward? One thing that you sort of touched on, and I think you both are far better at this than I am, but networking and putting yourself out into sometimes uncomfortable (laughs) situations, knowing that there's value in a network. Maybe both of you could share some, some advice on how to, (laughs) how to approach that. Tim, you want to go first? No, no, no. You are far. (laughs) Okay. Tim and I are, I think the reason Tim and I resonate as humans is that we both are very, we love our relationships. We have relationships with a lot of people. Um, there's times when I'll get in a room with Tim and five people I know are there. And I'm like, of course, (laughs) it's like we, we are those people. And there are people that have that natural outgoing skill, but I had to fine tune it. And even in my outgoing, I shared sheepishly with you when I'm nervous, I talk too much and that that isn't good networking. (laughs) So I would attract people that saw my power and they wanted to be like me. And they thought maybe if they coach with me, that they would, you know, have their confidence. And of course, since I'm a coach that that worked initially, but I would recommend like networking is so powerful because we can learn, we can find, we can get in front of clients that wouldn't have known that we were there in the first place. And I think that one thing that I teach my owners is to be very, very discerning about networking because what our, our inclination, once we decide to network is to say yes to everything. And we'll start getting on volunteer positions with these groups. And I'm talking about my own life right now where you can get really, really full and networking. I was starting to work 12 and 13 hour days because I was networking and breakfast and networking at cocktails and it was draining me. So we have to be discerning about it. And the best way is so simple. Who are the people that light you up? What rooms do you want to be in? I'll have owners talk about, and it's a little bit of a niche conversation when you're, you know, you do want to be in front in places where you know you're in front of potential clients, but you might be also, I do a lot of networking and referral communities that are in front of my owners that would never have met me otherwise. And 
that those spaces though, I need to be in with people that we get each other because I know they're going to get my work. So if you can really make sure you discern that you're with people that light you up, that, that alone can solve that anxiety and always focusing on ways to help the others. My sit on my hands technique when I'm nervous is to ask at least three questions of the other person before I start talking. And it gives my, I learn so much. And then I also, then I get asked and I'm in this more genuine space because I'm not nervous anymore. And I get in a more genuine space of being able to really see if there might be a way that I can connect with that person. And if that either is a potential client or like where I can, oh, you need a networking group around this, then I might have a referral for them. Long answer, but yes, networking is my favorite. I can't can't add anything to that. That was was excellent. Oh, God. (laughs) I've got one more question for you, and then we're going to move to the rapid fire. And you referenced this earlier in that, or at least what I heard is, you know, while you coach business owners and you coach CEOs, more importantly, you're coaching human beings uh, with spouses and kids and golf games and travel. And so I'd like for you to talk a little bit about your guidance for that busy executive who's looking to, to, I I never like to use the word balance. I tend to prefer they're trying to blend their professional life with their personal life. Uh, Share with our listeners, how do you approach that with your clients in a coaching capacity? First of all, when there's one key thing, and I learned this with an attorney that hired me, his words were, I want to bring in a million dollars of revenue in my partnership, but I also want to be married (laughs) when I'm done. (laughs) So when we work on the stress, we're better at home, right? So that alone, when I work on the mindset of an owner around how they're handling stress, they aren't coming home a wad, you know, all tight and only need it, you know, like I need a glass of wine or a beer. And like, you're a better human when you manage your stress, when you self-manage stress. So that's the first. Second, I learn really quickly what the rhythm is. Everyone is so unique. Monday, nine through five, nine to five doesn't work for everyone. And I tried it <laughs> and I'm learning that that does not work for me. I'm a high high, high capacity for about three and a half days and I crash and burn. And now I just create that calendar. So learning your rhythm, learning when your brain is at its peak, which is mostly morning, but there are some late night people that get very creative then honoring your rhythm and creating your work schedule around that and protecting that time ruthlessly. But also as I coached a person today, making sure that you do not just live for your vacations, live for your anniversary, live for your big events. Those are fabulous, but that you're integrating ways to support your partner and be there for your family Mm. first, not last, because it'll always be left over with a, a high working person. Our brain will always say, but if you do one more thing, and then before you know it, you're going home an hour later. And if we can put plug in what works for our family um, and us like negotiate that and honor that commitment first, that regenerizes the owner. That's the rhythm. It's like, go get restored and come back. If you play with your kids and go ride bikes at night instead of working till eight, even if you have two hours more of work to do, 
If you go and do that in the evening, your brain is going to be better for work when you get that laptop back open. So it's actually a productivity hack as well. The balance and rhythm. And I don't like balance either. None of our people are balanced, Tim. We own businesses. <laughs> we don't, we're not balanced people. We're crazy. <laughs> hey, when we're local crazy. listeners were taking good notes on that, that was, that was great advice on combining business and, and personal. Friends, you're listening to the Small Business Matters podcast. It's the only podcast that truly matters to small business. Our guest this evening is Diana Murphy, one of Atlanta's top CEO coaches. Uh, Diana, we now go to my favorite part of the podcast. It's the rapid fire. It's the scary part. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Taylor, can I ask you a handful of, of rapid fire short answer questions? He's going to try to stump you with these questions. I know you well enough to know I'm, I'm betting on you. I am betting on you. Okay. But Taylor, fire away. All right. And I, I never win these games, just so you know, Diana. But <laughs> Oh, no worries. But we'll start with an easy one. What is your current, I'll use the word current, favorite leader or author? Oh, favorite leader or author. Uh, so many. Right now, my next book, I always put my key books that are next and kind of feature the author. Um, my next book is Trudy LeBron. Um, my heart is getting... She's a fellow coach, but works in the um, diversity space. And so right now, my work is really seeing where some of these embedded structures are affecting how we're making decisions and how owners are, are really operating in the world. And it's also even deeper where it affects, that's where some of the stress and capacity. So that's not rapid fire, but Trudy LeBron is my next one, um, how to the anti-racist business book. So I have a lot to learn. So that's my next frontier. Awesome. Awesome. What is a, a TV show you're binge watching right now? Oh, God. I went back to Law and Order, SVU. Ah, <laughs> that's terrible. I watched them all. I've run out of all the good new ones. I Better Call Saul is my absolute favorite, though. Yeah, you'll be watching SVU for a long time. Yes, I know. I could. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually up to date. That's scary. That's scary. <laughs> All right. Number three, would you say you are an early bird or a night owl? I love both, but I've made myself be a an early bird instead of a night owl. So I have to make myself go to bed. I put myself to bed like a child. Like I have to make myself go to bed, but I'm an early bird. I'm better as an early bird. Hey, I was hoping you were going to say that. So do you have a, a specific morning routine? Mm, I do. Really frothy cup of coffee. Uh -huh. um, watching the sunrise. I'm in a high rise and I love watching the day wake up. Um, I do take a lot of time with journaling and meditation in the morning. And I have filled, I'm in a huge personal transition right now. I filled three journals this fall, this, this last spring. And so journaling and really just being very in touch with what I'm feeling is my work is kind of how I start my day. That's awesome. Love to hear that. Yeah. What is your favorite, or maybe maybe there is a best uh, lunch spot for a business meeting in your neighborhood? Ooh, or my newest favorite, and I would love everyone to like, hey, this is how I can meet the listeners. Establishment is across the street and is Southern food. So pimento cheese, juicy craft mm. hamburgers, really good cocktails for at night. And actually healthy salads also at lunch. So it's a great business lunch spot. And it's in Colony Square, which is totally renovated and new. So everyone needs to get down to Colony Square in Midtown. 
And it's called establishment. 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 Like almost like a speakeasy. It feels a little speakeasy-ish as you're inside, but it's got gorgeous outdoor spaces in a a pit, a fire pit out front. It's, It's a block and a half away from me. It's fabulous. Awesome. So come meet me there. Yeah, that might be our next <laughs> podcast location. Yeah, all right. All right, and last one. This is a podcast favorite. Who plays Diana in the movie about Diana? Which actress? Oh, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman, good answer. A great answer. Yeah, I have been told uh, typically I, we I have the some, brunette thing. Typically, we have some similar answers from episode to episode, but this was a first. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was, and I did just recently see her on one of my favorite podcasts, We Can Do Hard Things by Glennon Doyle. And she does the video as well. So I see it on Instagram. And that kind of is what prompted that Natalie Portman. She was interviewed there. She's doing some big things in the world. That's very fun. Taylor, great, great questions, but I'm I'm giving this one uh, Diana. Great, great, yeah. even better yeah. answers. So I can't believe how fast, Taylor, I can't believe how fast our time has gone uh, this evening. Um, I've got a page of notes here from Diana, the, the value of and the importance of coaching, how to address this, this uh, universal idea of, of the imposter syndrome, uh, achieving some level of a called balanced blend between business and work. And, and recognizing and leveraging your genius. We all have a genius and just finding out what all that is and leveraging it. Uh, Taylor, how about for you, uh, a, a takeaway or two? Yeah, I think the, the piece about networking and, and finding uh, the value in it and, and making the effort, for me at least, that doesn't come naturally. So the, the feedback and advice was, was spot on. And I'm not going to lie, I'm, gonna, I'm excited to try the establishment because I'm always looking for a new lunch spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. But Diana, I know and Chick-fil-A's that... right across the street if somebody feels like w- wimps out on the budget. Right? There we go. <laughs> Diana, I know that uh, our listeners, a number of our listeners will want to reach out to you individually. What's the easiest way for them to do that? And I just welcome any questions about what's been shared today and just any reason that they want to share, want to reach out, please feel free. Um, It's Diana at dianamurphycoaching.com. I have a fresh new website that I'm very proud of. It's a way to get on my email list. And I love new podcast listeners. So Regret Proof Your Business is new and fresh. And I'm going all in on an owner series in about six weeks. I'm doing an expert advisor series first. And then an owner series this later this summer, so um, just really fine tuning some of the, the the lens that my podcast brings. Perfect. Thank you so much, and awesome. Diana, thank you for being with us. Uh, and I hope you'll come back and see us again. Oh yes, whenever whenever I'm invited, I will welcome that. Perfect. Taylor, we're winding our way through the summer. Can't We can't get to fall soon enough. Um, I want to remind our listeners, if you're not already a subscriber to this podcast, please uh, sub- rate and subscribe to the Small Business Matters podcast. If you're not already receiving the Small Business Matters newsletter, uh, visit our website at smallbusinessmattersonline.com. We'd love to have you subscribe uh, to, the, to the newsletter. Also, we are we just opened up registration for the Small Business Matters Bootcamp, which will kick off on August 25th. And so I want to remind our listeners of that. And there's plenty of information on our website about that program. 
So uh, Taylor, thank you for uh, for co-hosting with me this evening. Great session. I also want to thank our listeners for being with us tonight. The Small Business Matters podcast. It is the only podcast that truly matters to small business. May each of you continue to pursue all that matters. <laughs>